0: Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Wombro, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Divorce is never a fun topic, although we know some people who are excited and happy to be getting a divorce while others are devastated. Um, And when you throw your real estate into the mix, it can be really dicey. So with us today is someone I'm very, very excited to have on our show today, and it's one of Nashville's most awesome divorce attorneys. It is great to welcome Sean Martin with Martin Heller, Potempa, and Shepard to the podcast.
1: Well, thanks, you guys, for having me. Uh, Definitely one of the most awesome. I've got to agree with you there. Yes. Thanks, (laughs) y'all, for having me uh, do this podcast. I think it'll be fun.
0: Good. We've read your your reviews and have personally experienced your your business. Yes. All good. Great. So the way I'd like to lay the show out is for you to tell us what you do, and then for Heather... Because I know you have experience with Mm Sean, for you to lay out your story, if you don't mind. Sure. Laying out your story. Why not? Why not? And how you came (laughs) to know Sean. Yes. And steps for our listeners, whether they're going through a divorce or they're a realtor, helping their clients go through a divorce. Steps maybe you can give us to help us navigate our clients. Mm -hmm. And also it may give those listeners who are not realtors some insight, too, on what to be looking for if they're thinking about buying a house, selling a house, condo, their Mm -hmm. investment property, whatever. So, Sean, on that note, I will give it back to you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Okay. Thank you, Christy. Sean Martin, as you said, we've got this law firm here in Nashville. We've been here for about 10 years. I've been practicing for 23 years now, all of it in family law. I've done some other things along the way, but family law is definitely what I do 99% 99% of the time. I stick to Davidson and Williamson County mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if somebody really, really wants me to go out of county, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, but I, I feel comfortable in Davidson and Williamson because I know kind of the lay of the land, know the judges, know the other practitioners. Um, but my, my approach as a divorce lawyer, I think... I don't know how many of your listeners remember LA Law, but oh my Ar- Arnie <laughs> Becker was my first.
0: Yes, holy cow. Take us way back.
1: Uh, was it Corbin Burns? I was, think that was his yeah. name. That was my first sort of introduction to the world of divorce lawyers. And. Real life, surprisingly, is nothing like TV. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you think House Hunters is like, really, when people are looking for property,
1: how real yeah. that is? I actually used to think that, but <laughs> another realtor uh, told me that now it's all just staged yeah. uh, for yes. dramatic effect. Just yeah. like the lawyers on TV. So. Th- there you yeah. Go. But so as opposed to some of the TV lawyers that we all know and love... I kind of approach this job as more of a problem-solving job. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. come to me usually in some kind of a crisis. You know, they're they're getting divorced. They're thinking about getting divorced. They've had a divorce filed against them. And so the first thing people think about is, oh my gosh, because they can't see what their future looks like. Mm-hmm. They can typically remember most of their past, but the present's like a complete anxiety-ridden blur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I try to assure People that come to see me, that you know, it's a process, it's like a business dissolution, but there's a lot of emotion involved, there's kids involved, and so we've got to be sensitive to those things, right? So, I think my approach is um, definitely problem solving rather than litigating, you know, filing motions and and antagonizing the other party. Uh, Rather, I try to gather as much information as I can about the folks involved, Mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I want to know everything there is to know, and then I try to figure out. The most efficient path from that moment in my office to a final hearing, and there's a lot that goes into it. You know, you've got to think about kids and mm-hmm. what school district they're presently in, and whether it would be good to move them or not. Mm-hmm. Some people have different opinions on on whether it's good to move kids. I moved a lot as a youngster, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't love it, but it it works out for some. Yeah, um, we typically get that question: Davidson versus Williamson, right? The anecdotally, I think most divorce lawyers believe Williamson County schools have a leg up on Davidson County schools. Not sure how true that is, yeah. but it's something that comes up in every case. Right. And as far as the real estate goes, when people have real estate, it's typically their largest asset, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. They may have a 401k, they may have an IRA, uh, but typically most folks, their their biggest asset, even in a long-term marriage, is their house. And the question is always... One of three, you know, is mom going to stay, is dad going to stay, or are we going to sell it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that decision. Like, can dad afford it? Can mom afford it? Mm-hmm. Does mom or dad want to stay there? I mean, if there's conduct that gave rise to the divorce, mm-hmm. some people don't want to stay in the marital home because mm-hmm. it's it's just full of bad memories. We sometimes encounter folks who want to do the nesting arrangements, you heard about these? I think so.
0: Is that where <laughs> one leaves that the kids stay in the house and the mom and dad take turns? Yes. Yeah.
2: That is crazy. I, I'm sure I've, it works for some. I don't know. I had about. a client who
0: wanted to do that or they started doing that and it, it was short term. It became exhausting.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a great idea and <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great idea on paper and it's a great idea in principle. In real life, it doesn't work out. Yeah. I yeah. don't know a single situation where it's worked out because... <laughs>
0: I mean, you still got to have your clothes in the closet right, and your yeah. stuff in the bathroom. And it's... Right. It's, I would think they'll be great. Very... I, I
2: think the conversation, if you didn't pick up after yourself, would continue. That, that's just it. <laughs> it's the little stuff. <laughs> Heather, that's It's awesome. the little things so, that would come back right. over and over. And never end. <laughs> you left clothes in the washer. <laughs> that's right.
1: You didn't turn off the lights. You didn't close the shower curtain. Yes. All the stuff that drove you crazy <laughs> when you were married. Yeah. Uh Well... You get to revisit those things if you try the nesting arrangement. Yeah, no I, thanks. I try to tell people that I'm like, oh, we wouldn't be that petty.
2: Like, oh yeah, you will. Yes, you oh, will. I would think you'd be even more so <laughs>
1: because it's just something that bothers you, right? Yeah. If if he doesn't, if he throws the the the, the towel, towel. Uh, on the floor instead of in the hamper or on the rack. That's going to bug you. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: You're taking me back to when I was married. Stop it. No, (laughs) I'm just
1: kidding. (laughs) So anyway, the nesting arrangements, that comes up a lot. And I'm still waiting for the perfect case where it'll work. But it just doesn't. Because invariably significant others come into the picture after the divorce. And if you're sharing the house, you can typically keep significant others out of the main house. But if you're also sharing an apartment, which is the only thing that makes financial sense, unless you have more money than you know what to do with on one week you know husband's gonna have his significant other over on the following week
2: oh, mom's it's gonna have her it's, yeah. right, it's, gross. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's gross it's <laughs> weird it's weird and nobody it's the whole thing yeah. it, again it's a great idea on paper but it doesn't work out in yeah real life. yeah yeah at all <laughs> at all
0: so i want to have heather okay. talk about how you got to know sean yeah because that's real life examples of how you guided in such a caring way. I mean, you hear about divorce attorneys, and a lot of divorce attorneys don't have a great reputation, I guess, yes. if you're the winning divorce attorney.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> Well, I told Christy, you know, when we were thinking about today's podcast and putting it together, and I was driving over here today, I had a little bit of an emotional moment, and I was like, okay, but I'm fine now. And I think the reason is, is because I was thinking of the two of you. And how much you guys guided me, supported me, helped me during that time in 2015, 2016. Because like you said, Sean, I mean, emotion, I feel like my head was in a cloud during that time. And, you know, thankfully, I made good decisions, but I credit, you know, you guys for helping me with that. Or I could have made some bad decisions when it came to, you know, number one, where am I going to go? I left the marital home and decided to to buy new um, for my kids and I and kind of just start over in that way. So I really needed trusted advisors around me to kind of help me with those steps. And how I met Sean was I went to college with Matt Potempa. And so I did not know who to call. So I called Matt and I was like, Matt, you know, this is what's happening. Where should I go? Who should I talk to? And he was like, hang on, let me have Sean Martin call you. And I was like, great. So that's how we connected. And it was great from the very first meeting. Just the support, the real advice, which is what I needed, right? Mm -hmm. I needed to get my head out of the emotion of it. I mean, the emotion's going to be there. It's not going to go away. That's right. Especially in the beginning. But just real-life practical steps, like you said, to where we could start kind of developing a plan and how to get to the end step. Right. Um, So, And then my second call, (laughs) once I realized that I would not be staying in my home, was to Christy Wilson. And again, Christy was awesome with just kind of, what do you think your budget might be? Just those practical pieces of truly thinking through the entire process. Okay, well, let's look at just a few things that might be a fit, but we really didn't go overboard. You kind of put the brakes on me a little bit, which was good. It really was. And I remember
0: that there were some houses that you were just so gung ho on and there was something where I can't remember if the divorce wasn't going to be final for a, a certain period of time. I'm like, and yeah, however, something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you should really wait. Yes. Well, also, and Sean, you can speak to mm-hmm. this. Say if Heather had bought something prior to her divorce being final. Oh, yeah. The husband by marital rights. That's right. Still could be owner of her new home or
1: right. be tied. Yeah,
0: talk, let's talk about that. So
1: that's a perfect segue. And my first comment is, Heather, the reason it was so delightful working with you is because you would call me before making a, a decision, mm-hmm. <laughs> big, small, it didn't matter. You wanted guidance and advice, and I always appreciated that because most people do the thing, and then they call me, and they said, mm. what would happen if I did this thing? And I'd say, that's terrible. Don't do that thing. <laughs> no. What would okay. happen if I already did it? <laughs> I'm like, okay. So <laughs> okay. Um, you helped. <laughs> that's right. So you, helped, you really helped yourself by sort of asking for help. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't do that. People just act. So some folks, for example, uh, go out and buy a new house right away mm-hmm. and because maybe they have that ability and they just want to get out of the marital home for whatever reason. And they think, well, I'll just go buy my house and I'll go start my new life and I will be just fine. Yeah. Well, problem number one, Christy, you identified it as you have just created a new marital asset right? Mm-hmm. You've also just created new marital debt. And the creation of the asset means you're going to have to divide the asset some way or another. Creation of the debt means you're going to have to pay for it somewhere or another. And if the family system can't support that debt or 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 that debt plus all of the previous marital debt, we're just heading towards a disaster, mm-hmm. right? So it, that those are just some of the problems that can be created, Um when you go out and, and just buy a house mm-hmm. typical wisdom uh some people ask me should i buy a house right away should i not buy a house right away I Said, look if we can get an agreement with the other side that you want to get a new house that's fine but we need to understand can you pay for it mm-hmm. how you're going to pay for it mm-hmm. what's the alimony going to be if you're a recipient how much are you going to paying out if you're the payor i mean you just need to have all this sort of um, this details and and due diligence before you take on a big asset, right? Like a mortgage.
0: Yeah. Well, and also if you are, we'll say a woman or a man, whoever's receiving the alimony, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the alimony as part of what your qualification is going to yep. be. If that hasn't started yet, yeah. that's right. The lender may or may not include that in your qualifying ratios if you're getting a loan. Same with yeah. child
1: support. That's right. Same. And there's the six months rule. I'm sure you've got some, maybe some lenders that are Mm -hmm. listening. They all know that the first thing they'll ask is, okay, well, I'll have this in child support and this in alimony. Let me stop you right there. How long has he been paying? Mm -hmm. It's usually Mm -hmm. me. And if it's less than six months, it doesn't count. Right. right? Yeah. And most, when that happens, it's like, oh, shoot, you know, I can't afford this on what I have if Mm -hmm. I have a job at all. What do I do now? I've been rejected for a mortgage. So we try to do the background work very early so we can start planning the next chapter. Mm -hmm. So when people ask me, they just have to get out of the house because it's dangerous or driving them crazy or both, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe some other really good reason. So, all right, well, let's make sure we have a plan for the kids, right? Because conventional wisdom is don't move out of the house your kids live in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not abandonment, but the party who stays in the house just captures an advantage they otherwise wouldn't have, right? Mm -hmm. They're there with them every day. Yeah. Uh, And you may may not have the right to get back in the house if you move out. So what we do is try to do all that background work, figure out what you can afford, but also suggest, why not rent for six months? Why Mm -hmm. not rent for a year? I'm certain I said that to you. (laughs) I
2: told Christy Wilson, I said, Sean will say this on the podcast. He told me probably a dozen times. Yeah. Heather, why don't you rent? <laughs> and,
0: I and- remember you saying it too. I remember us being in the car looking at stuff. You'd pick up the, I need to call, ask Sean this. I said, or I would say, call yeah. Sean and make sure, yeah. you know, anything like that. <laughs> I, I was just so worried. I just did not want you to pull the trigger with the assumption that the divorce would happen on the day it's supposed to happen. Yeah, And then you were locked into a closing right. date and then you would be in breach because yeah, that, that was my biggest concern when I'm protecting you. Yes. You know, we're advocates for our clients as sure. a realtor, just like you're of an course. advocate for your client. Uh-huh. And and a lot of times, it's just such a ah, yeah. time, right. you know, and you're like, I've got to get out of here. I've, yeah. I'm going to, you know take a rusted spoon to my wrist and start slashing
2: it like, oh, out of here so yeah 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 but, so um, i i knew you were gonna yeah. say that go ahead because i remember those conversations
1: yeah. and i remember the house you ended up in and i was like okay that's great that's near where i play golf yeah it's an, um, it was an
2: awesome house
1: uh, an but awesome house. heather is sort of the exception I to the rule well. heather once she got focused on the next chapter she was focused on the next chapter. Right. And it was like, how do we get there efficiently? And and so we, we navigated that together. Here again, uh, a lot of folks, they make rash decisions. And then it's like, oh, I live in the neighborhood that I didn't want to live in or because I, yeah. I could afford it because I wanted to get out so bad. So we just want to make sure people aren't making an emotional decision. And I know you guys do that too because mm-hmm. a divorce is a very it's an emotional thing. And and buying a house, that's a big deal. It's a big emotional thing. You got to make thing. sure that they're ready emotionally, so, mentally, financially. Right.
0: And we always say, I mean, just a good rule of thumb and clearly you do this too is man, whether it's a death, a divorce or some life-changing something, give it a year to get out of that Ugh. Right, and you truly are the exception to the rule, Heather. Well, so when I met Heather, she was—I just thought she was a quiet little church mouse. She was so sweet, and she was just the little mom in the background the whole time, the little housewife in the background. Even though she worked, I didn't even know she worked full time either. And then I was helping her find—I'm like, you're, "You're kind of a badass." Yeah. And then she goes into real estate. She calls me to tell me she wants to go into real estate, and I'm going, "Oh, you're so sweet. I don't know if you can do this. You're just too nice of a human." And she's killed it. She is oh, the best yeah. realtor. Uh, I am just well, love Heather Sizemore. Heather Wombrod.
2: <laughs> that's okay. It happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time. Well, it was. And, you know, and I had a really unique situation. I found the house that I moved into, mm-hmm. this amazing ranch, which I will forever have a love affair with ranches. Just so classic. And the person, I don't know if you remember this, but the person, the seller. Uh-huh. I remember this. I went to college with. Right. So, I have never had a deal like this, Mm -hmm. and I hope I don't, but he let me move in before closing.
1: I remember that, too. I was was just like, this is no good. I know. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) I paid him (laughs) like, hey, you allowed it. I
1: know. I allowed.
2: I really
0: agree. I was just uh, I just wanted to get you into a better situation.
2: Yeah. yeah so it was good. I paid him rent mm-hmm. and and was able to move in before closing and we closed and everything was totally fine and I lived there for many many years mm-hmm. before I sold. So yeah. it it all worked out. It was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we call I call it also the divorce the trifecta. Like if you have a good couple that you've sold the house to, they get the divorce and you can help the husband buy something, the wife mm-hmm. buy something and then you sell the marital home. I mean, it's a great business tool. Oftentimes, though, that doesn't work. They want a non-interested party. That's I've only probably done that five times. Yeah. Because most husbands are going to want their own person. Or like, had her ex-husband known that we've become such good friends, I don't know if he would have, you know, wanted me. To, wanted you to help out. Yeah. Right. A lot of times, the husband, if the wife has a friend who's a realtor, he'll be like, eh, eh.
1: They yeah, usually they, try to nix that yeah, person. They, they and want, vice versa. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. how
0: how do you go about appointing? realtors for your clients?
1: That's a great question. It's kind of a tiered decision tree. Mm-hmm. If the parties can agree on someone, mm-hmm. that's obviously the first and best uh, way to get a realtor put in place. If okay. the parties can't agree because of what you just said, one party thinks the other. And I'm, I'm not real clear on what they're worried about because
2: you, you're going to f- try
1: to, ma- I mean, if you're selling the home, you're going to try to maximize the value yeah. you get for it. And so I think
0: it's a little bit like Ted Lasso. Are you watching Ted Lasso? Or have you watched Ted Lasso? I haven't. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Well, when the wife, the ex-wife inherits this soccer team, gets it in the divorce, this professional soccer team, she's going to run it in the ground just to make the husband tick off. So (laughs) So they think that's what's going to happen. happen. Okay. Um, So maybe if you have a really, uh, you know, vindictive Uh person who's like, oh. Show you i'll
1: fix his wagon yeah yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah exactly so when the parties can't agree then the lawyers typically suggest a couple of names that's also subject to the attack well i'm not i'm not going to go with so-and-so because your lawyer picked him right i'm not going to go so because your lawyer picked her like okay yeah so let's waste some more time and some more money yeah uh yeah. we've moved away from people that the parties trust from people that the lawyers trust, now we're going to go to the final stage of the decision tree, which is each party submits two names to the court and the court basically flips a coin. Yeah. And I can't imagine a worse way to choose a realtor Mm -hmm. um, is by having someone that's completely disinterested Mm -hmm. in your life, flipping a coin and letting you know who's going to sell it. Because even though I think we'll come up with four good people between two lawyers the court doesn't know anything about the circumstances of those individuals. You know, what if, you know, what if they're too busy? What if they're, you know, there could be a thousand things. So, but those, that's how you do it. You either can agree on it, the lawyers can agree on it, or the court's going to choose the realtor. And some parties, I know they, they always try to, okay, I'll use your person, but I want your person to reduce their Mm -hmm. percentage and, I always think that's kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a second, mm-hmm. we're asking this pro to do a job. They're probably going to be maybe a little more attentive because they know us and they know our kids and they want to help us. Yeah. Um, and we're going to ask them to put all that time and effort and special touch on it for less than mm-hmm. the market would bear. So I almost never agree to that. If the realtors want to, it's fine. But I I wouldn't. Yeah. Just because it's it's a I'm going to copy Adam Barber. It's a total dick move.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That is exactly what Adam Barber That's exactly would
1: say. Her <laughs> yep. channel, Adam Barber, I guess, is what i Yes. Been. Can
0: I ask you a question? Yeah. This is something that happened to one of my clients, and this would have been during the recession. So it's somewhere 2008, 9, or 10. I can't remember. She had gone through a
1: divorce. Those and, were bad times and, for divorce lawyers. I, I imagine they were bad <laughs> times for
0: <laughs> it realtors was bad for everybody well. If, if yeah. you had to deal with real estate. Her marital dissolution act said, "That's what they're called, right? Marital dissolution agreement 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 act." Yeah, agreement said she can keep. I I can't remember who kept the house. She kept the house or he kept the house, and but if they, whenever it sold, the divorced spouse got half the equity at the time. Of the appraisal from the time of the divorce. So let's say they got divorced in 2006 at the height of the market. We were all so
1: optimistic in 2006. She was in the house
0: in 2009 and it had dropped, the value of the house had dropped 200,000. Wow. And so she was sort of stuck with this house because she couldn't come up with 100,000 now that she'd have to give him because that would have been half of the equity. Do y'all think about I mean, I'm sure you do, but back then, I get no one knew the market would crash like that. That's right. Is that something that goes into
1: any more
0: people put that in there?
1: Yes, especially the last couple of years where we've all seen what's happened in the Nashville market, but Mm -hmm. we also remember, those of us who are here, remember what happened in 07, 08, 09. So in the agreements now, we caution folks against a liquidated amount, right? We Mm -hmm. caution folks against a value that is fixed by time. Now we get, in the last year or so, people are pushing back pretty hard saying, no way. I don't want to fix the price as of today. I want to fix it as of when it sells. And we just have to tell them, okay, the risk though, is that it goes way down. I know you want it to go up and maybe it will, but the risk is that that we don't know what we're agreeing to because right. we don't have a crystal ball, and, right? And that started happening with. Uh, so we do think about that when okay. we come up with deals. We just try to protect everybody and make it fair. Because yeah. in the situation you just mentioned, you know that that really w- operates as a windfall to the guy mm-hmm. and a real burden to the woman, and, mm-hmm. and nobody foresaw it. Sure, we haven't done any agreements like that in probably the last year, year and a half. Where we're being a little more creative how we decide what to do. Yeah, hmm. I don't like those deals where the parties, you know, continue to own a piece of property together even though they're divorced. Yeah, because you're still married right. essentially, uh, unless you provide for every little thing that could go wrong. Yeah, uh, party X moves out. Party Y is going to take care of the house. And the maintenance. Well, what happens when the HVAC goes out? That could be fifteen grand. Mm-hmm. And the party that lives there, maybe with the kids, wants a nice HVAC that'll keep them cool. The party that doesn't live there is ah. You can get a used one for half that, and he or she doesn't care if, if it works or not. It just he wants to save money. Yeah. So we try to guard against those kinds of things, and we don't. I don't do very many of those deals because I just think there's too many unknowns.
0: Right. Because I guess when when you're getting, I haven't dealt done a divorce deal in so long, Um, when you're dividing the asset and you're saying Mm 50-50 and let's say the wife wants to stay in the house, ideally, she would just be able to refinance it into her name and take that house and give him whatever half of the equity is or do a cash Mm -hmm. out refi or something. But a lot of times she may not qualify to do that. Mm -hmm. And so in in that situation, would you advise just selling the house and her, her starting over?
1: Yes, I, I probably would because if if she can't qualify, there's no way he's going to – I mean, it's unlikely, unlikely that he's going to float it until she can qualify mm-hmm. because there's a lot of risk there for him, mm-hmm. right? If it just seems to be an impossible thing to accomplish or a really onerous thing to accomplish, I suggest, you know, why don't we start looking at someplace else? Um, I know you love this home. I know your kids love this home. I would hate for you to keep this home and then not be able to afford it, and then move later, mm-hmm. thereby uprooting the kids and and maybe uh, visiting some unpleasantness upon them again after mm-hmm. the divorce is over. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep in mind all the stuff that can go wrong. I mean, I think realtors and lawyers, especially divorce lawyers, are a lot alike. We hope for the best, but we plan for the worst. Yeah. And every way, every contingency. It's like eh, if this, then that. Gosh, what if that happens? I know he'll never lose that high-paying job, but what if he does? Let's guard against that. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't plan for it, I mean, sure enough, it's going to happen.
0: Right. Right. Wow.
2: Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number One Seven Six One Seven Six Seven.
0: 1767 Do you have a crazy story you can share with us? I'm sure they're all crazy stories. Sean's got lots of crazy <laughs> to, stories. To a degree. <laughs> the names will remain
2: unchanged. Yes. I mean, unnamed. Anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> I'll
1: put you on the I spot. Just finished up one that's crazy. I don't know if, I mean, this is PG-13, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It depends on who the guest is. One of those people's a realtor, so I'm not going to tell that story because they could look it up and find out. It involved a a secret past of one of the parties that came out during the marriage, and and one of the party didn't like the secret past. Oh, was it exotic? It was exotic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was... (laughs) Whoa! Anyway,
0: um <laughs> We've yes. to that one. <laughs> from that one.
2: Yes. I
1: that's the that's the one that I tell at the happy hours, you know. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. <laughs>
0: Guess what happened? We've got some wine in the fridge downstairs. Can <laughs> right. we pour you a glass?
1: <laughs> um you know, I can't think of one right out of the gate. It, over the last two years, well, when when quarantine first started, okay. Well this is more anecdotal, but but this is not crazy, it's just sort of interesting. Yeah. When quarantine started in March of 2020, um, I don't know how you guys were feeling about the future, but we were all very apprehensive, like, oh, man, no one's going to get divorced. Yeah, They're all going to stay together and, because they, they're worried about their own incomes, their own futures. Nobody knows what's going to happen. We couldn't have been more wrong. Mm. <laughs> uh, people, We found that people who worked outside the home – especially people who traveled for work, you know, the traveling sales types or the traveling, any kind of job that were your way two or three nights a week, maybe even four or five. As soon as those couples had to live together seven days a week with little kids in a Mm. 2,000 square foot house, by May, our phones started ringing off the hook. I hate this person. Wow! I have to get out of here and I don't care what it takes. And it was remarkable how many intake calls we got of, of good cases with all the same story it's like i just can't stand him wow uh, i can't stand him being here i can't stand him so they
2: were forced to kind of sit in the same house that's for right. so many yeah. weeks on end that's right i, that's I can't stand the way he
1: breathes yeah <laughs> right it was yeah breathe snore eat <laughs> lack of cleaning all that stuff it was just i i uh, and and Course, we were thinking, well, I mean, you know, this can be an expensive process. I don't care. I will make it work. I will sell everything. But it it was remarkable how many people didn't realize how much they didn't like living with their spouse full time.
2: Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kind of would have thought what you initially said. Yeah. Yeah, people are going to hunker down and figure it
1: out. Right, right. The people with kids, it's like, okay, we have got to, yeah, secure the financial situation and just whatever it takes because we don't know what's going to happen. Nobody so it cares. goes along the
0: lines with, I married you for better or for worse, but not for three meals a day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. I hadn't heard that one, but I'm definitely going to steal it. Um, so that was that was interesting. That most of the COVID or quarantine, the early quarantine cases are over, mm-hmm. but. Whew, They lasted a while. Longer than average because the courts. We we couldn't get into court. We couldn't (laughs) This was everywhere, I'm sure. It was everywhere. And so people were calling with these really serious problems and there was nothing we could do um except in the most extreme cases, except tell people just, you know, please don't set his stuff on the lawn Mm -hmm. and light it on fire. (laughs) That creates
2: more problems than it solves. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um so yeah, we were we were sort of paralyzed for a little while and it was just hand holding and almost begging some people to not screw up like when can we get into court like, I don't know yeah. I don't know nobody knows and then yeah. we were doing court by zoom oh, and that yeah. was terrible Gosh. so did you ever put on one of those cat
0: faces uh, on the filter <laughs> You know you watch those things on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I did it.
1: I, I did it with some lawyers, but not with a judge. I was too afraid. <laughs> I love those videos.
2: Um, I can't get it off. <laughs> I can't yeah. get it off.
1: That guy that was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> guy. Um, but yeah, that was that was the most and I did I actually met people at my house because we uh, had a nice outdoor area. So I had some people come to the house for mm-hmm. meetings and to drop stuff off. It was wild. Wow. We're out of it now pretty much. So, are
0: the people who call you who are whether they're wanting a divorce or Mm -hmm. they're just contemplating or wanting to know steps? Do you get primarily calls from women or from men, or is it 50 50?
1: I I wish I would have uh, brought my chart because I've actually charted this over the years. It's remarkable. Over 23 years, it's. It's damn near even, fifty-fifty. Okay, but it goes in waves. Hmm. It's like once I sometimes I have a, a lot of men, and sometimes I have a lot of women. But I never seem to have an even mix.
0: Interesting, right? And so, I
1: don't know why that is. I've never been able to pinpoint it. But during
0: quarantine, was it more the same of one? Uh,
1: side during of the quarantine, coin? it was more women. More women, uh, because a lot of in, in the cases I had, it was the men who were traveling mm-hmm. who were forced to come home. Gotcha and that didn't work out for the women. Wow. I don't know if it worked yeah. out for the men either, but Yeah. It definitely didn't work out for the, the women that hired me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: worked out for the men cuz now someone could cook for them, clean for them, still work full time, take care of the kids, homeschool the kids. Well. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine.
1: It was it was it was touch and go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, when it comes to real estate, what would be your top 3 things for someone either contemplating a divorce or going through a divorce to think Mm -hmm. about.
1: You guys probably deal with this too, you know, sort of the buyer journey. You've got two different buyers of divorce uh, product or Mm -hmm. service. You've got the people who are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people who've been served with divorce papers. So the people that are thinking about it, I would encourage them to talk to somebody like me. Mm -hmm. Don't do any research on the internet. The internet's full of horror stories that Mm -hmm. are more written for clicks than information. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to somebody like me and just sort of get your ducks in a row. You mm-hmm. know, if, if you're not in an abusive situation, if you're right. not in a dangerous. untenable situation, a dangerous situation, if the kids are fine, but you're just checked out, you're done, and you know mm-hmm. it's over, it's good to do your due diligence and figure out what is your financial future going to cost. Or excuse me, what is your uh, single future going to cost? Mm-hmm. And we can usually help you figure that out okay. uh, with a high degree of certainty if we get certain information. So that's the person that's contemplating divorce. You know, the, the more time you can take, the better. And we talk about things like where do you want to live? You know, do you do you want to rent? Do you mm-hmm. want to buy? Okay, you want if you want to buy, you know, how are we going to accomplish that? Do y'all have assets? What are we going to do with this house? Um, but then the person who's been served with a divorce, that's kind of. It's more traumatic. It's a little mm-hmm. scarier, especially if you're not expecting it, right? It's yeah. Like, "Oh my gosh, I I thought we were just miserable. I didn't know you were going to divorce me." <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were good with this.
0: very <laughs> we were good wallowing in our misery. That's right. It's,
1: it's like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. But so the person that <laughs> the great. person that gets served divorce papers is a little more panicked and has a harder time as I said seeing what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. But it's the same conversation. It's like, "Okay, we're going to have to move a little bit quicker trying to figure out what your future is going to look like and how we're going to pay for it. But the sooner we can have real information to – as a countermeasure to the stuff that's going on in our heads, men and women both, the better off we are. Because a lot of a lot of um, parties sort of – they imagine the worst case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. That they're never going to get to see their kids as much as they want. Right. They're not going to have any money. They're going to be put out into the street. Uh, and men and women both have these. Uh, they come at it from different points of view, but they both have this doom and gloom, end mm-hmm. of the world scenario. Sure. And the first thing I try to do is assure them that that's not how it works. That's all in the movies. Mm-hmm. Unless, there's, unless there's some sort of danger or abuse or harm, both parties are going to walk away with some assets. Both parties are going to walk away with, I call it a runway or uh, an on-ramp. Mm-hmm. A runway or an off-ramp, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. The divorce process is your runway to a new life or your off-ramp from one that you just want to leave behind. Right. Um, But either way, we try to figure out with real information what that future looks like. And once we can use real information as a countermeasure to what you're imagining... People can calm down, and then we can get on with the process. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you're sort of a therapist too. I he I is. went th- I, I went
1: through <laughs> some therapy, and so yeah, I, I rip off everything I learned from my therapist. Smart. Yes. I do the same. <laughs> yes. Because there, there's, I mean, again, it's just there's a lot of emotion. I didn't think I knew that when I went into divorce work. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but yeah, I've definitely grooved to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It, it doesn't. I, I like to try to help people, and and it's going to be okay. We're yeah. going we're going to get through this. Yeah. But it's important to have you know good professionals around. Like right. it wasn't just me, right? It was it was Christina too Christina, at the office. Yes. I have a great team. Even now, Christina's back on the team after a just couple of years. Awesome. But it's just like you guys. You know, it's not just one person in right. a cave. I wish it was. That That's would be right. totally cool. Yeah. But you know, it takes a village to do just about everything. Absolutely. So, and it's nice to have people that I can refer people to. Call Heather. Call Christy. And I've got an accountant. I've got, heck, I've got a dry cleaner. I used to think I could be the next Angie's List. Yes. Then I realized everybody's trying to do that. (laughs) So so I just give people, uh, you know, sort of a list of people that I use for things. Yeah. Yeah. And that that helps, you know.
0: I'm going to ask you one quick question. Sure. And so when I was newer in the business, I was working with a client who was getting a divorce and buying something or he got I I can't remember I mean it's 20 some odd years ago and he was getting a mortgage and I didn't know what I didn't know about buying something where his divorce wasn't final that she would attach automatically to the new purchase Mm -hmm. and as we move further into this found out oh my gosh if she knew he was buying this house she would want half of it Mm -hmm. the lender at the time said oh we can probably have an attorney or your divorce attorney or the closing attorney, draw up what's called a, a marital rights waiver? hmm Is that – and which would – she would sign – both parties would sign saying she is not going
1: to attach claim or – That's right. t- go on that title.
0: Is that a, still a legit thing yeah, that people do? Yeah, that's a thing.
1: Um, typically, the closing attorneys will do it. They've, mm-hmm. they've got it in their packet. Mm-hmm. And it just says, yeah, that one party sort of w- Waves will waive their. their claim to the other party's newly acquired property – but they'll also be protected and indemnified from any debt associated with it. Mm-hmm. The way we typically accomplish it, if it's in the middle of a divorce where there's two lawyers, we'll do one of those documents, but also an agreed order that the court can, that the judge can sign. Okay. So it's not just the parties signing it, but the court says, "Yeah, that's fine," and that's that's much cleaner. Mm-hmm. The third way to protect the parties in that situation is in the Marital Dissolution Agreement itself. It says anything you acquire after you sign this document is yours, including the debt. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's how we protect people from that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to say something and I totally forgot, but it seems like it was important. So give me a minute. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You can
2: always add it in. Yeah, exactly.
0: No, it's just hard. And it's funny, I, you know, back to different clients I've had, I was with one client. She had been divorced before and I went was invited to her second wedding and was sitting there at rehearsal dinner with her divorce attorney who had represented her at the last divorce. And the divorce attorney, there's a group of us, small group at this one table. And she leans in and said, anyone want to take bets on how long this one will last? And I'm going, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw in my $5. And <laughs> it was a riot.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh man. Well, and, you know, because we're, we have fun too. You have to sort of yeah. find the fun find in the it, fun. Yes. or find the humor. Uh, but when we get people, people will typically call us like, "Guess what? I'm getting married again." Uh, <laughs> like, hmm. we kind of talk about it internally. Yeah. What do you think? What's the likelihood? Should we get a prenup? Should we do? You know, what, what should we do to prevent it from happening? So when yeah. I
0: when I I mean I got married when I was very young, and we went to the courthouse to get our marriage license, and we're standing in line. You know, we're just so bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready, and the um. There's this couple in front of us, and the two ladies at the counter were talking. Because back then, I, I don't know if you have to get a marriage license in person now or you do it online. I have no idea how that works. But I
2: think in person. And uh, I think so. Yeah.
0: She's talking to her, her friend. She's like, "Yeah, that's so and so. He's one of my regulars." <laughs> and I'm like, "You're regulars." She's like, "Yeah." this is like a 7th or 8th marriage. Oh, and I like, oh my god. A regular at the marriage license counter. That was so funny.
2: That
1: is so funny. I have yeah. uh, represented a couple that's been married and divorced from each other three times. Wow. They're, they're currently married but it's just a matter of time. That's oh, a wow. great client
2: to have. Oh, that's wonderful. It's
1: an <laughs> it's and they don't crazy. do any planning. It's all, it's just, it's like uh, Groundhog Day. But it's wow. just an extended <laughs> groundhog year or two. They're, I think they just, they're bored and they have too much money. Oh, gracious. Um, that what I was pretty was. What I was going to say is yeah. this is something that that, uh, that comes up a lot. One party or the other, their name is not on the the deed to the house, their name's on the mm. house, but it was, bought, oh, it was acquired during the marriage. Yeah, very good. And so we we delve into that. It's like, well, how come your how come your name isn't on it? Not, well, I didn't have enough of an income. It didn't really help. My credit was no good. Whatever the reason, they might not be on the mortgage. They might not be on the deed. And so some people who are married think, well, I don't get any piece of this house because I'm not on any of the paperwork. Couldn't be further from the truth, right? Unless it was a, a, something purchased with. With like separate assets, but even then, if you contribute at all to the maintenance or upkeep of the separate asset, you have a marital stake in it. Mm -hmm. So, regardless of whether your name's not on the house or the car or the boat or whatever the 401k, um, if it was acquired or increased in value during the marriage and there was some contribution there, you have a marital stake in it. Mm -hmm. And contributions are pretty. I think it's a low bar. Yeah, uh, you know, if you if you're mowing the lawn and doing the dishes, that counts. Yeah, not that those things aren't important, uh, but you know, you get the well. I pay for everything. It's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, so, so once you're she's married, doing a whole lot of other stuff, you know, yeah. it's it's sort of give
0: and take. Isn't it tenants in common? Is that the tenancy that you take title to the property even if the wife or the only if one spouse is on the deed or the mortgage by virtue of Mm-hmm. Marriage in the state of Tennessee, you create a a type of tenancy. It is a tenancy, and I can't remember which one it is. I
1: That's an Adam either. Barber question. Adam yeah, Barber we'll said it, it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he was spouting it's them ten- all. I
1: think it is tenants in common. But the point is, I mean, if if you if you acquired the asset or contributed to the asset during the marriage, mm-hmm. there's a marital yeah. interest in it. Yeah. and most most people act well. You know, I didn't I didn't contribute as much because, and we hear this from a, a lot of women who sort of downplay their role, and having observed it firsthand during quarantine, what my wife did with our house and our son, uh, I, I can always assure them, I say, look, your contributions with respect to the household are equal by statute, so don't go there. It's, yeah. it's equal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, typically, the, the historical view of men and women in, in the home, it's it's not... People have a distorted view of what the law is. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of sexist. Not yeah. kind of. It's totally sexist. But the law is very fair and very gender neutral, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of people find comforting once they learn it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have learned so much today. And I love that you're on, Sean. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll, what we'll do is put your contact information yep. in our show notes. Cool. So when someone's listening to the podcast, if they want to give you a call or an email, they can find you and you can help yes. them on their... With a runway or they on-ramp. So they <laughs> off-ramp. <laughs> all, all,
1: yeah, yeah, that's great. Thanks very much. This was uh, this was fun. Yeah, this, this was, was really fine. fun. We'd love
0: to have you back. I
1: yeah. would love to come back. I don't even remember anything I said. <laughs> well, But I'm pretty sure it was accurate.
0: I, I never remember <laughs> either until I listen to the podcast when it drops again. So yeah, okay. it's always fun to re-listen to it. And um, for
2: the record, I'm happily remarried. Yes. It worked yeah. out. Yeah. And, and yes. And this sweet, <laughs> sweet
0: girl next to me right now became the most badass realtor. Aww. I mean, she's just such a go getter and, and just love sharp it. as a tax. So that I has been it. fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it I love sure it. Has. And
2: I have helped and I should go back and count how many they've all been women. And I'm not sure why, but all been women post divorce. Mm-hmm. Um Find homes. And that has been so rewarding for nice. me. Probably more therapeutic for me than yeah. it was for them. And kind of helping them walk through that and being able to ask them questions. And did you make sure you ask about this and think about these things? Yeah. And that has pay just... Pay it forward. Yes. Pay it forward. Yeah. I and mean, that has been just so helpful to me. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So yeah.
1: You're a guide. I mean, yeah. She is. You've already been there and uh, <laughs> done that, so to speak. But it's it's... That's a great approach uh, to what you're doing. I think yeah. that's wonderful to hear. I didn't realize that it was mostly women, but yeah, right. You went, you walked that journey, and you can, yeah. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That yeah, wonderful. And, and
2: don't. I know your head's in a cloud. I get it.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. So,
2: and
0: it's great to hear your perspective from the legality points of view of what you should and should not be doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we don't want any of our clients to call you to say, "What if I did the."
1: Don't do that.
2: Well, I kind of (laughs) did.
0: Right.
1: So that's the takeaway is if you're thinking about it, just call the lawyer. If you don't have a lawyer... You can call me. Yeah. <laughs> just, call Sean Martin. Just ask me and I'll say, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, or if you've already done it, let's let's figure out a way to undo it. And call yeah. Heather also. Yeah. Call yeah. Heather. Call That's Heather right. and Sean.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any topic you want us to cover on this podcast, don't forget to email us at podcast at com, and we will be happy to take a shot at it. Have a great day. Recognized as a nationally ranked Top 150 accounting firm, Alexander Thompson Arnold CPAs serves Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi by providing accounting, tax, and consulting services for clients ranging from small to medium-sized businesses. ATA offers several services other than traditional accounting to the Nashville area, such as technology solutions, litigation support, business valuations, marketing strategies, HR consulting, retirement plans, and third-party administration contact ata partner david hart by calling 615-662-2727 or visit them online at atacpa.net
2: hey if you're loving the show go find that little follow button on your podcast app this one's sure you won't miss a single episode until next time